Today's episode is sponsored by the Silva Ultramind System, which is a highly optimized framework for awakening your mind's fullest potential by giving you a reliable access to altered states of mind that's based on the Silva Method, a pioneering mind empowerment methodology founded in 1960. Basically, it's a long way of saying it's a meditation style that I started using recently, and it has changed my life. It's more of an active type of meditation. So it's not any of that, like, clear your mind stuff, get super quiet. It's more of an active, like, doing something with your mind, you're actively thinking. And I can say I've seen measurable difference in my life since implementing it. They also have a super easy to use app. So you can use it on any smart device that you want. So if you're interested, you can head on over to our show notes and look at the Silva Ultramind system link that we have there. Now let's get on with today's episode. All right. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast series by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about all things personal development, mental health, and sexuality. Today, your hosts are Michael Diorio, Matt Lanzadell, and myself, Callan Brecken. And collectively, we have over 40 years of experience in the personal development world. And if this is your first time listening, we want to welcome you. We each have our own coaching practices, but in this podcast, we are always giving away our best stuff. Today, we are talking about zero bucks given because it's <laughs> a new year, it's a new vibe, it's new energy. So we're going to be talking about questions like, if you gave zero fucks and could do anything, what would it be and why? What's the fear holding you back from doing it right now? Where's the line between true to yourself and honoring your needs, but not hurting other people by being unapologetic? And what's something that you're going to work on this year and be unapologetic about? So we'll be continuing this discussion on the last Thursday of every month inside the Gay Men's Brotherhood Zoom Hangouts, where you'll have your chance to share your own experience. If you don't know where that is, you can go into the show notes and there's a link to the Gay Men's Brotherhood. You can go in there. And then we always post the event details in there. This podcast and YouTube channel are listener and viewer supported. So if you are enjoying what you're hearing, we're or enjoying what we're creating for you, you can help support us by heading on over to our Patreon page and becoming a Patreon. Uh, for the show. And you can also subscribe to the early access in Apple podcasts. Uh, and you can listen to our content without commercials or ads or any of that. So and you can also get early access. All your support helps us continue making content for you and supporting our community. And we thank you in advance. Be sure to check out our attachment style quiz in the show notes and find out what attachment style you have. And we'll give you a free report with it as well. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I want to read a review from one of our listeners. So let's get in. I got this from our one of our most recent episodes was dealing with loneliness. It was also a very popular episode. And Stephen wrote, I just want to give you all a hug. It would be so wonderful if the world teaches this in grade school. I couldn't agree more. I think the education system definitely needs a little bit of a revamp on this. But just like anything else, evolution takes time and takes a long time. Um, but yes, we are doing this so that everybody out there can have access to this information. So thank you so much, Steve, for that review. It is amazing. Now, before we jump into today's episode proper, I want to remind you all, not remind you, I want to share with you all, yesterday <laughs> was my 36th birthday. Yes, amazing. Um, and as a birthday gift, I want you right now to go 
into whether you're listening on Apple iTunes or whether you're listening on Spotify or whether you're listening on YouTube or whatever. I want you to give it a star rating, five stars because it's my birthday. And even you can write a little comment, a little review if you want, but at least go and tap the five stars, please. That's what I want for my birthday. <laughs> I think it's, you know, we've been on for over two years now. We need that recognition. I need that recognition. That's what I want for my birthday. Um, and leave us a comment in YouTube. That would be great. Give us some thumbs up. Okay. So jumping into today's episode, we are giving zero fucks today. Why? Because it's a new year. It's a new us. We're embracing. I'm calling it my year of fear. I'm just like going to feel the fear and do it anyways. If something gives me fear, I'm just going to do it. So starting off with today's first episode, if you gave zero fucks and could do anything, what would it be and why? And I'm so curious as to what you guys have for this. So let's start off with Michael. All right. The, this is not going to sound like a fun answer, but the first thing I thought of, honestly, was I wouldn't pay taxes. <laughs> like, I just wouldn't pay them. I wouldn't pay for time. I wouldn't. I'd be like, no. Nope. I love it. That's okay. the first thing, that, which shows you like my adult brain, right? Like adulting life. Um, okay. So if you if you could give zero fucks and do anything, what would it be and why? This is a tough one. I was actually reading Star, my partner, uh, you know, telling him what the what the podcast was about. And his first thing was like, oh, so you're doing a podcast on your life mantra? Because <laughs> <laughs> I already kind of live in, not not zero fucks, but I kind of live in this in this space. So, you know, part of my personal reinvention was trying to give less fucks. I think, honestly, for me, it's actually the pendulum. What I've learned is that the pendulum maybe I've swung too far in terms of giving less fucks. And I think my learning now, honestly, is learning when to give a fuck and when not to. Because sometimes I don't give a fuck. And honestly, I probably should. And and I've I've hurt some people along the way. Um, it's actually easier for me not to. I, I find like I, I have gone a bit too far. So I, I don't know how to answer this. I like stars mm -hmm. like, please, please give more fucks. Like you need to give more fucks. <laughs> I got that so funny. But yeah, pay taxes. I'll, I'll leave that as my official answer. I would pay taxes. Oh my God. Hilarious. <laughs> well, the next question is going to be really awkward then. <laughs> What's the fear holding you back from doing it now? <laughs> uh, prison. Yeah. I know I'm pretty, but I mean, I'm not going to prison. Sorry. Oh God. Oh God. Too funny. Okay. What about you, Matt? <clears throat> Yeah, it's funny when you're an entrepreneur, you realize because you have to collect your own taxes and put them into a and you realize how much money you're yeah. actually giving to the government. It's like, what a fucking joke. So, yes, I feel you. Um, okay, so mine would be I'm kind of doing it right now. So I, um, I, I hired a vocal coach and I started um, singing. So she I've always been. Um, I've always enjoyed singing, but I've been like terrified of doing it in front of people. Um, I think it it really played into the part of me that repressed my feminine. I see singing as a very feminine thing. It's like flowing out of your voice and you're connecting to your heart. And it's just like um, it's an embodied practice. So I think singing for me, I attributed to if I was singing, I'd be seen as feminine. And I that's the one thing I did not want to be seen as. So anyways, I... Um, I had this woman like kind of pointed out and I was like, yeah, I'm going to hire her one day. I think I met her like four years ago and I've been sitting on that number for four years. And finally, like six weeks ago, I, um, I decided to hire her. So 
she she had me come and sing um she's like it, we had a like a phone consult she's like okay well, I want you to prepare two songs to sing a cappella and I was like literally like scared shitless and I went and did it and my voice was like shaking and I was like so scared but um so anyway, so I'm facing it, but I, I do want to say that I think my ultimate fear is I do think I'm going to be called at some point in my career to get on stage and speak and become like a motivational speaker. I've just always felt that. And I think that um, this is like the big step, like start singing in front of people, go to open mics, put yourself out there and it's going to make speaking in front of people just easy because like, I feel like, so I'm being asked to really, really push my edge back right now. Um and I think that's why this is bringing up a lot of stuff for me. Like I feel very insecure in my life right now, like compared to how I normally am because I'm facing a lot of my fears. So if I could just remove that, um, I think the fear is failure. I really do. So if I could remove that fear of failure, it would be, um, I would be limitless because I do, I do have some sort of thing that comes up and which I'm pretty sure is shame right like when I feel when I fail in front of people I feel humiliation which is the the expression of shame so yeah but I'm doing it I'm facing it and it feels good it feels very scary I feel very raw constantly and very sensitive like emotionally sensitive constantly but I know that that's just my edge pushing back and it'll I'll eventually fill in that space that's being pushed back right now and that's me coming into my power so yeah, stay tuned. I'll keep giving updates on how this progresses. <laughs> wow. You know what's kind of crazy is that we have the what? exact same one, but for two completely different reasons. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, now I'm excited to hear what yours is. Um, well, mine's ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be, I wanted to, you know, be the actor and, and famous and singer and all that, you know, how most people. And I think as a kid, I wanted it because I saw that the power that they held and that I wanted to use that power to change things. Yeah. Like I wanted to use that power and that sway to promote the good things that I saw in the world and to like help change things, which is why I think all three of us are here is, you know, changing the conversation, changing things. And so that's what I saw it as like a, a road to get to that place, to be able to do those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I sang like my whole life, I was always in choirs in school. And then I was in like the Vancouver men's chorus and I was in a choir here in Toronto. Um, and so I've always sang, I've always enjoyed singing. Uh, but for me, I think why it, it wasn't a feminine thing. I didn't see it as that. I saw it as like the judgments coming from everybody else. And I wouldn't say it's failure. It was, I think it's more of the fear of the crabs in the bucket. And I don't know if I'll be able to handle because that would be a lot. Like yeah. it would be all the crabs in the bucket to put it out there. And I find that I'm also more judgmental about singers trying to put themselves out there than anybody else. Mm. So I'm always like, oh, okay, well, there's obviously something here. Like they're doing something that like I wouldn't be doing or that I'm not doing. So like, how yeah. can I hold that? But I always catch that. And that's where I'm like, okay, well, there's obviously something there. Um, but mine is like, I, I just, I love it. Like, I just love holding those notes and like singing for people. And it's almost like I'm, I'm afraid of the joy I can bring to people. 
Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I don't get that. Like, I'm like, how could you be afraid of the joy that you bring to people? But it's like the, almost this like weird pressure. Um, responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, it is responsibility for yeah. sure. Yeah. But yeah. then I look at all these like singing artists and I'm like, how can they do that? How do they just do that? Um, so that definitely is one of like, if I just had gave zero fucks and I was just like, I'm going to do this. And of course, like it takes a lot of money also to like practice and meet the right people. And just like getting into that world is a very difficult world. I do have a friend who was like in that world and a singer songwriter and like her whole life has been in it and she's still I'm not gonna say not gone anywhere, but she's not like a name that people would know, right? So it's just very difficult. And the quote unquote realities of the world is like, well, I can't be a singer if I'm homeless on the street, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's kind of answer one and two. It's like the second one is like, well, yeah, you can't do it if you're homeless or you can't do it if you don't have the means to do that. And that part really gets me, like that part pisses me off about the world that it's just like, there's so many talented people in the world who can bring so many amazing things, but the imbalances that are going on, it's like people who have the means get to enjoy these kinds of things. And everybody who doesn't have the means just has to struggle through. And that really pisses me off because I was one of the bottom bottom rings on that one. Um, mm -hmm. And the thing from holding me back from it, I did sing, I was in choir here in Toronto, um, but then when the pandemic happened, obviously everything shut off. And so I actually, interesting enough, I had one of the big solos of that concert, of that like performance that didn't happen because the pandemic happened. So that was like going into our Christmas concert and I had a car that way Jefferson solo. Um, and I remember auditioning for it and being scared and then being like, shit, this is going to be like my first big solo in front of like everybody. And then the pandemic happened. I was like, I'm not that good of a manifester. Like it can't, it can't be all me. It's not just because Callan doesn't want to do this big solo in front of people. But um, but yeah, that's you know, the fear is real. Mm. I wanted to say something because I had this interesting experience too. You said that you used to judge people, you used to be really judgmental of people. Still am. And singers, yeah, singers yeah, putting themselves out there. And I I was doing that as well. And um, for my whole life, really. And then something interesting happened when I sung to this woman. It was like so, like something shifted in me. I could feel almost even an energetic click. And it was like all of this shame left. And then I've been watching people sing because now I'm following a bunch of things now and whatever. And I see people singing and it's completely softened, right? It's like, it shifted the like, who do you think you are? to now who do you think I am or who do I think I am? So that's the ownership of it because that's where it's coming from. My who do you think you are was being projected onto who do you think you are on them. Mm. So now I'm being with all the who do I think I am, <laughs> which is painful, right? So that for me, and that's the who do, who do I think I am to make people feel joy. I totally relate to that. Who do I think I am to get up and let my voice be great? right? Yeah. Like that, that's the thing. And it is the responsibility. It's the exposure. It's the, it's the vulnerability. It's everything. But yeah, it's bringing up like some deep, deep shit for me. So, right. but isn't yeah. that the same? Like, this. Yeah, I know. Right. Isn't it crazy? Of course, of course we'd have something similar. Yeah, exactly. No one wants to hear me saying, I don't want to sing. That's all you. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I mean, this also translates just into life. Like if you want to do something, there's a lot of that too big for your britches. Who the, who the fuck do you think you are? And yeah. that's why we're doing this zero fucks given. It's like, well, if you gave zero fucks about that, be like, mm-hmm. I am me and I'm going to do the fucking thing. Totally. You know? Uh, Because that's where that comes from. But then this kind of leads into that next part. And where Michael, you were actually talking about this is that, you know, where's that line between being true to yourself and honoring that experience and what you need, but then not hurting other people by being that unapologetic self, because there is that balance there where it's just like, you don't just want to be an asshole, you like you want to fulfill your own life. But then there are other people in this world, you can't completely not think about other people so um michael how about you start with this one because you were talking about it yeah this is the learning this is where i was so the beginning of my life i was very much a people pleaser i gave lots of fucks about i gave too many i was like mm-hmm. just trying so hard not to like upset the apple cart in any which way yeah you just give them away you get a fuck <laughs> exactly and then i moved part of the reinvention was like okay none of that shit anymore swing away from that but but yes i think i may have swung a bit too far so yeah, this is my learning. And I think what really helped me kind of define that was was my relationship. Uh, because, you know, being single, it's really easy to just kind of live your life in a vacuum and do your own thing. And then once other people show up, it it, it can be a little bit harder. At least that was in my, my case. And you have to remember that this whole like unapologetic thing is literally my tagline. If you go to my website, it says unapologetically gay all over mm-hmm. the place. Like that is part of my brand, if that's what you want to call it. So yes. And I still stand behind that. But when I say unapologetic, I mean like unapologetically who you are, like being who I am without apology, being authentically me without apology. Not to say that I do not apologize and I'm not advocating for people not apologizing when they are wrong. So there's a difference there. Okay, so yeah, so unapologetic, being unapologetic, yes, it can hurt people genuinely, but also I think a lot of the times people just want to be hurt or they want a reason to like lash out. So it, it is really easy to say when that happens, like, oh, that's your problem. I'm not taking responsibility for how you feel. Very easy to say that. And, it, and to a degree, it's kind of true. But I will say what I've learned is that there is a time and place to self-evaluate and self-reflect. And, and what that means for me is like looking at my actions through the lens of another, not to agree with them, not to agree and say, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm terrible and you're right just out of curiosity just you know as a fascinating experiment to be like huh how do i look through your eyes let's just be super curious and just to simply see how i'm i'm being received here's an example so i love showing skin i love sex i love my body i'm playful i'm mischievous i do not apologize for it because i spent so much time being ashamed of these things. And now I'm like, listen, I'm unapologetically gay and unapologetically sex positive. But that turns off a lot of people, a lot of people, even gay guys, even young, you know, who you think would would be okay with that. They'll say, and I get this a lot, I'm vain. I'm an attention whore. I'm using my body for likes, hypersexual, all these things. Now, that may be true to them and that's fine. But I can say back to them, that's None of your business, right? Like you don't even know me. Your opinion isn't worth anything, which is true. <laughs> Maybe that they're homophobic or sexphobic or puritanical, which might be true. Uh, you know, I would say, oh, it says more about your relationship with your own sex and sexuality than it does about me, which is true. <laughs> or perhaps 
that they're just jealous because they want what I got, this empoweredness and this really ability to like love my body and love love the sexuality of my body, which is probably true. But again, there is value in understanding their thought process, right? So again, I don't have to agree with them, but it does, when I've done this and I've, I've looked through kind of my myself through that lens and where they're coming from, it actually helps me. It helps me grow. It helps me realize that there are different people out there with different opinions and different perspectives. And ultimately that helps me become more compassionate and more empathetic and more sympathetic, I guess. Just, it helps me see things from a different lens. And does that mean I change my actions? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not in this case, but sometimes maybe I will. Sometimes I'll say, huh, okay, this is interesting. You know, maybe this is something I might want to look at. And, and where that does happen, where I am more likely to change is in situations where it's affecting my friendships, my my relationship. Um, you know, if I am literally, if my actions are literally hurting someone I love, if I'm being inconsiderate, if I'm being selfish or something like that, uh, then I'm like, okay, maybe again, maybe I do need to give a bit more of a fuck here. And that is something that I've learned most recently through my relationship. It's really easy for me to say, and I, and I said this to Star this is who I am, like it or not, take it or leave it. There's the door, come in, come out, but you know, take, pick a side. Very matter of fact. Yes, I do stand behind that. However, there's always a but. It's not that simple. What I've learned is it's not that simple. It's not like either I give no fucks or I give all the fucks. There's a balance. And that's that's what I'm learning is like, sometimes I do give a fuck. Sometimes I, I don't want that to happen. And I just want to point out one more thing about hurting someone. I don't think that me being me directly hurts somebody. I think that for me, hurting someone is like deliberately, intentionally causing somebody pain. I don't do that by just being me, by just showing up, I don't know, on Instagram, you know, without my shirt on talking about sex, I don't think is hurting anybody, but that's just me. If they get hurt by that, then I do think that's a lot of it is on on on, on them to figure out why that is, why they're being so offended by that. Mm-hmm. But also, it, like I said, it does help me to understand that hmm, these actions have an impact on other people. Mm-hmm. that's great Did that answer the question yeah <laughs> fuck yeah. damn that was such a good one i was like keep talking this <laughs> yeah. is so good it's very real for me it's very very yeah. real for me yeah. yeah very live for you uh what about you matt yeah um this is an interesting question because it's a bit of a dancing between these two worlds and i think um i don't know if this is like a karmic thing or if this is like a dharmic thing for me but i've had this in my life this pattern in my life um yeah as long as i can really remember like since i came into like you know having more like a sense of self is that i I tend to trigger people (laughs) and i bring up people's stuff right and um I've had, you know, clients even reach out to me and they're like, yeah, like, you know, I started watching your stuff like a year ago and like your stuff activated me. And I like, didn't like you when I first started watching your content and cause I was bringing up obviously some things for them. So there was that. And then they hire me a year later to do this work because again, like the treasure is always leading us to the gold, like, and people that trigger us, they have medicine for us and we likely have medicine for them. So, um, I don't, I use a mantra, um, It goes, I allow all emotional responses to my truth without having to change my truth or feel guilty for living my truth. And I say that every morning because it's not my responsibility to take care of other people's emotions um, or reactions to my truth, right? Um, And I think that when people step into their power, if people have an issue with it, then that's something that they need to work through and they need to work on. 
and but I will I will say that where I where I put an asterisk is I don't want to be the person that moves towards my goals um, or faces my fears with aggression either. Right. I would love for it to be collaborative and I would love for people that are activated by me or for me being activated by someone else that I can move toward them and we work through it together. That's the humanity in, in this. Right. I think. And uh, so I'm, I think I'm learning how to be more maybe approachable, I think would, would be. And that's happening just through the work I'm doing is like softening, softening my heart, practicing humility, these sorts of things. It makes me more approachable. But at the same time, I'm still convicted. I'm a very convicted person and I have righteousness and I see things a certain way. And I, I that's how I operate in the world is through those things, right? And I think I would love for the whole world to be like that, right? It, to have so much belief and efficacy in yourself that you're, you're in your power. And like Michael said, like I could feel his righteousness and his convictions in his truth. Right. And that, um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's healthy. So, um, yeah, there, there's this whole notion of like, you know, people and how, how someone could be aggressive in achieving their goals or facing their fears is that you hear the classic line, like, I don't give a fuck what people think about me. Right. Like I've said this, I think in the, this is like the third podcast in a row that I've said this, but it's impossible. <laughs> We're hardwired. Hard <laughs> We're hardwired. Yeah. They're the ones that care the most. It's a deflection, right? It's a denial yeah. and deflecting because so the, the the softening is I care what people think about me. I'm terrified of making a mistake in front of people because I'm terrified of what they're going to think about me. Right. And that is when we start to heal the over caring of what people think about us when we when we take responsibility for it and admit it and stop deflecting away from it then we start to rise in our power and then we can start to prioritize how we feel about ourselves versus what other people might think about us, right? It's like, I know this about me and I trump that over you thinking you know about me, right? Like, so it's just, it's it's kind of like shifting the priority of it all. But anyway, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, it's always going to hurt. It's always going to suck. And it's always going to hurt totally. when people do have those shitty comments or those shitty things to say. And you're just For like, sure. as much as like, I'm not taking that on. It's like, it's still there. You still know mm -hmm. about it now. Like, I'd rather people just talk shit about me behind my back. And I don't actually know about it because that doesn't hurt me. It's when it actually comes into my face and I'm like, well, shit, now I know. Mm -hmm. And even though I'm still doing me, that still sucks. Yeah, <laughs> that still yeah. sucks. Um, yeah. And in regards to this question, I'm kind of going to say something along the lines of what you were saying that is that I have a belief that other people's thoughts, feelings, emotions and behaviors are not my responsibility. Mm -hmm. But it's my responsibility to still approach everything with kindness and compassion. It's my responsibility to still hold space to be willing to listen and to come to the table and have those discussions. Mm -hmm. Whether I agree or disagree, doesn't matter. I need to still be willing to be in those spaces because like mm -hmm. somebody can come to me and have an opinion and I can disagree, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to listen because mm -hmm. I owe that to the other people because that's what a lot of people want, right? They want to be heard. And that's mm -hmm. where a lot of like fights come from and these battles and people like trying to talk over each other is that my ego is bigger. I'm trying to be more heard than you are and I'm not willing to hear you. Well, how can you expect other people to want to listen to you if you're not willing to hear them first? And, you know, it's a, you know, tough pill to swallow sometimes, but sometimes you just got to shut your fucking face and listen and listen with kindness and compassion and do what you can. You don't need to agree with them, 
But if you listen, that softens you down. And it's not your responsibility to take on how they're feeling, to take on their emotions, to take on their feelings, to take on their beliefs. But you still got to, you know, stay authentic to yourself and be like, cool, I'm going to sit and listen because I want you to listen to me when the time, you know, when things come around, I would like you to also hear me. And so if I want you to hear me, I have to be willing to hear you as well. And mm -hmm. so it's the, it is this reciprocal kind of dance where you have to do. And that's where it's like that line of like, I don't give zero fucks, but I care about the world. I care about humanity. I care about you as an individual, as a human. And if this is going to help you on your journey and me, cool, let's have a conversation about it. But sometimes people are going to get hurt because it's like they have certain perceptions of the world. And they're like, but this is the way the world is. And it's like, that's your perception of it. That's not the absolute truth of it. Because if I have a different perception, then that obviously your perception is not 100% true because mine is different. And if it was a full truth, everybody would have the exact same perception of it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, and I think we just need to be willing to acknowledge that everybody around the world, like Matt said, was it this episode or episode before? Like there's 8 billion different people on this world, which means there's 8 billion different perceptions of the world. There might be one like cohesive reality of like, this is the earth. We live on the earth and like these kinds of like generalizations. But in regards to like my perception of the reality on earth versus like an incredibly rich billionaire's perception going to be two very different perceptions of what's going on in the world. Totally. Um, so we have quickly come to our last question today. Um, what's something you're going to work on this year and be unapologetic about? Hmm. So who would like to go? I'm not going to say has to be Michael, but. I don't know. This is a tough one. Like, again, I, I think I do a, a pretty good job already about that. Um, let me let me think more on it. <laughs> nah, what about I, you? I can go. Yeah, I can yeah. go. Um, so I'm really meeting this part of me that wants to be more silly, more playful, mm -hmm. uh, more joyful. I don't know why that I have this, but I have this it's so it's more vulnerable for me to be silly, playful and joyful than it is to like talk like what 95% of the world is vulnerable. Like I don't have any issues talking about my emotions, sharing my traumas, my fears. Like that's not the issue for me. The issue for me is being happy in front of others. I don't know why or where this comes from. It's like um, maybe when I was younger, like I was, I was very hyperactive and maybe I got that repressed, like stop acting out. Like, you know, just, and my parents really, contained me because they something to do with that maybe I don't know but it directly plays into the singing too um, because I know that there's this let looseness that you have to have like you have to go up on stage and you have to let go you can't hold right and that's what I do I guard and so I'm going to be unapologetic about being more silly and playful and I'm going to use the mantra of it's not about being perfect. It's about having fun because I've been a perfectionist my whole life. And I'm like, if I'm not perfect at it, but I'm not going to do it, then I'm shifting that. It's very stubborn and it's not shifting very easily right now, but I'm shifting it. And that's my intention is I want to be more fun and playful. And um, it also feels like I'm turning a bit of a corner in life too. Like I'm, I'm not as dense in my energies. I'm not having as many valleys as I used to, and it's, I'm, I'm getting, you know, experiencing more stability. Um, 
So it just means that I'm, I'm preparing, I'm preparing for more joy and more consistency of mood and these sorts of things to come into my life. So I fully uh, receive that. Um, the other thing I wanted to share was the tolerance to discomfort, because I think, um, like, I think about when we first started doing this work and like, we were getting like a lot of mean things and we still get mean things on our YouTube channel. And they, they, there's a bit of a sting, like a bit of a pang. It's very minimal now, but at the beginning of all this, my ego was so wounded by that. And I used all my defense mechanisms and I didn't actually sit with the, the hurt and the discomfort. And over the course of the last couple of years, since I've been practicing humility, if somebody leaves a mean comment on some of my content, I I'll be with it. I will truly be with it. And I won't be with the comment and believe the comment. I'll be with the feelings that arise within me, which are mine. I have to own those. Right. And as I'm doing that more, I'm noticing that I'm not impacted by people leaving these mean comments on my thing anymore, because I'm not using my defense mechanisms to, to protect myself from it. I'm going to the heart of it. So that's been really, really powerful for me is like, Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable when I get up on stage and I fuck up for the first time and people are like, oh, like weird, whatever. But like, I got to go through that. I can't bypass that. Right. So I'm just going to put on my freaking big boy pants and I'm going to go up there and I'm just going to do it and try and make it a priority to have fun. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's really I interesting. I should send you a YouTube video. I have one. There's one YouTube video floating out there yeah. of me singing and I can send mm. it to you. But it's secret. secret. I would love Nobody to see knows it. about it. Yeah, I would love <laughs> People to are going to message me like, I want to hear this. Um, but you're going to fuck up. That's the point. You have totally. to fuck up because you have to yeah. fuck up to grow, right? Yeah. Um, what helped yeah. me get through that is I joined the choir and like fucking up within the choir gave me that. You know how you have to continuously build on top of something to like build that energy about it? Yeah. And then maybe like a group or something like that would help like add to it, you know? Yeah, she, well, this woman that I hired, she hosts open mics once a month. And um, so I've gone to one, I was just an audience member, though I didn't mm -hmm. do anything. I'm just starting to prepare songs to sing now. And uh, she has living room sessions. So all of her students come together and sing. So mm -hmm. I'm going to start engaging in that. But I'm treating this also like, I think in my, in a lot of my past, I've been like, throw myself in the deep end and by that was my trauma response like just throw yourself in the deep end and just find a way and I did that a lot of my life and now I'm learning how to like take baby steps and nurture my nervous system through mm -hmm. this and like she's like oh well come up and let you know sing and blah blah and she's trying she, at first she was pressuring and I'm like no I'm like this is my nervous system I'm on and I'm honoring it and I defended myself and I protected myself and it was like my inner child was like, wow, like, that's amazing. Thank you. Because if I were to just push through it and, and pretend to practice courage when really inside I wasn't ready, right, it's dishonoring myself. So I'm kind of I'm learning how to like navigate fear from an embodied place and not just pushing myself mentally toward fear, right? So there, I don't know, it's just a really interesting negotiation that's going on right now. So mm -hmm. but I'm happy with it. I feel good about, you know, just feeling safe within myself to say no, this isn't I'm not yeah. ready for that yet. Yeah. You should also look at um if there's a gay men's course in uh, Calgary, because I think yeah, there, there is. is. Yeah. So and that's what yeah. that would you'll get a lot of silly out of that, too, because if like the Vancouver one, our spring shows were all about silly and funny. And like we dress up in costumes and like it allowed as an adult, especially as a gay man adult to engage in that. And so I'm like that might be a, a road yeah. to get to 
build all these things together. So yeah, thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. All right, we're I'm swinging excited for back the fun version. What? So, what I'm that? excited for the fun version of Matt, like the, yeah. the to see this come out and and the playful side because I know it's there. I mean, I've seen it. We've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Okay, you. I thought of one. I thought of one. All right, you 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 triggered something good for me. Okay, so this year. I don't want to take away from Callan's special day, but I am having a milestone <laughs> it's birthday my this special year. Day. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually turning 40 in a few months. So that is a milestone, especially in the gay world. So I think something that I'm going to be unapologetic about that I'm going to work towards being unapologetic about is like fucking loving the 40, 40 year old me. Cause in my mind, that sounds crazy. Like I'm not like, I don't see myself as a 40 year old man. I see myself as like 25. Um, <laughs> but and I, f- I feel that way sometimes too. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to be unapologetic about like aging. Like this is how we age, right? Yeah, good. Things sag, <laughs> wrinkles happen, white hairs, all the stuff. Um, but I'm going to do my best to to just honor that and own it and live it and be like, yeah, this is what it's like to be a 40 year old man. Uh, all the great, beautiful parts of it, but all the maybe not so not so hot parts of it. That's so that's that's how I'm going to do. It. You guys are going to hold me to it in May. I love it. Yes. Yes. Uh, I support all of that. And I had this thought the other day as well, that like 36, I was just like, oh my God, I'm closer to 40 than I am 30. And like, it just kind of started that. And I was just like, where am I in my life? What am I doing with my life? (laughs) And then I was like, no, calm down, chill out. Um, I love that, Michael. And you don't look, you don't look 40. And here, even my, like, even my mom, like older people, like even my grandma, like my grandma, I had this conversation. My grandma's like 90. I had this conversation with her where she's like, I don't feel like I'm 90. She's like, my brain is still in his twenties, but like, I have a lot of knowledge, but she's like up here, I'm in my twenties, but like my body's not. And I was like, that's so wild. And now that I'm getting older, well, oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) I woke up, my back was a little sore today, Um, (laughs) but, but like, in general, it's like, it's wild that it's like, okay, I can see what people mean by getting older, but still feeling young, mm-hmm. like nothing's different. I don't know. Wild. Um, I think in the gay world, a lot of us are like, really clinging on to this youth thing. I mean, I see this a lot, at least in, in the circles here, like in Toronto, like we really think like aging is bad and we cling on to youth as if it's this thing. And so as we get older, I think there's a lot of, you know, people that try to hide it or don't want to talk about their age or like, Oh yeah, no, let's not celebrate my birthday or just don't want to be that. So I think I want to do the opposite and be like, yeah, I'm 40. Let's celebrate. Like I made it. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm looking forward to my George Clooney years. Trust me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Something I'm going to be unapologetic about. So pardon me. I, this is going to sound very vain, uh, but like self-promotion. I have always been so icky about putting myself out there and like asking for favors or asking people to help me or like putting my stuff on social media and like really promoting myself and pushing myself. And like on one side of that, I get it. I don't want to be that Instagram famous person. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about like my business and because as an entrepreneur, you have to promote yourself. You have to sell yourself. You have to do these things. Otherwise your business will fail. Um, and so that's what I mean by it's like, I'm, I need to stop hiding behind the computer and doing the work stuff because I'm great at that. I need to be more promotional and I need to go after the things that I want and actively promote myself and be like, I am amazing. I am all these things because I fucking know what I know. Um, but that came with time and knowledge and learning what I truly know. But 
I'm now at this point where I'm just like, okay, that's the fear. Cause like, if you go to my social media, if you go to my IG, there's like, if you look at the last couple of photos, there's like one photo every six months. Like I don't put myself out there a lot. And so I think that that's kind of what I need to do next is like, I need to do more of the reaching out because that's where my self-defeat always comes from. My fear always comes from this, like, who am I to approach these people? Who am I to give a presentation here? Who am I to do this? And I had a little taste of it in 2022. I did a couple of presentations for corporations and stuff. And afterwards I was like, really? Like, that's it? Like they believed me. They believed that I'm this person, but they got the knowledge. They got everything out of it. And I need to start believing that a bit more. Um, so that's what I'm going to be unapologetic about in, in this year, 2023 is just being like, you know what, here's me, I'm going to self promote like crazy. And you ain't going to get anywhere in life. If you don't promote if a new artist comes out, and they don't promote the new artist, they're not going to survive, they're not going to do well. So it's like, exactly. it's part of the world. It's how it works. Um, and so I think we should also do that for, you know, our podcast, share our podcast with everybody, you know, <laughs> we're not hiding in the, in the corner anymore. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that's me. It does feel like we're ready for that. Like I, we've been talking about this, like our energy shifting collectively, like the three of us have done a lot of energetic work together and, and a lot of personal work and that's influenced the dynamic and our trio mm -hmm. has like the energy is completely morphed over the last three years or two and a half years, whatever it's been. So I do feel like we're at that, we're at a spot now where it's like, we're ready. Like we have cohesiveness and we're ready now to like lead the momentum of whatever we're leading. I just feel mm -hmm. like it's, we're larger than life now. Like we've, we've come in, we've stepped into our power. Yeah. I yeah. do feel that. So Same. it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. yeah. yeah. So I'm going to ask all the listeners out there, if you have an organization or a business or like whatever, share the podcast, don't hide it. Cause that's the the shame and the fear of hiding of like, Oh, I don't do personal development. Um, Share us around, tell people, put us in your newsletter, post us on Instagram. Like, put it out there for other people. Mm -hmm. And this is me doing the self-promotion of asking other people for help because that's the other flip side of it too is I never asked people for help. Mm -hmm. And so this is also a practice in me asking other people to help, even though, you know, maybe 90% of people won't, but that 10% will and that 10% is going to make the difference, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, so yeah, there you go. That's it for today. Any last words of wisdom, guys, before we close her down? Hmm. I'm excited to see what uh, what this year brings for all all of us and in the podcast. So yeah, I'm Me happy too. we had this conversation. Me too. Yeah. I want viral moments for the podcast. <laughs> I want viral us to moments. blow up. Well, we did on TikTok a little bit, but mm -hmm. um, all right. If you have enjoyed this episode, please, it's my birthday. Go give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us five stars on Spotify. Uh, give us a thumbs up and hit subscribe on YouTube. Share it with everybody. I challenge you to share this episode with at least one person. Do it. I dare you. Um, if you want to, you can come and join us at the Gay Men's Brotherhood uh, group. That's where we let you know about all the new episodes that come out. And then also when we do our group Zooms. Um, is there anything else I'm missing that we usually say? No, I think Leave that's... us some comments on YouTube and we'll read them out on the next episode. Yes, mm -hmm. we will do yeah. that. All right, everybody, have the best day ever. Peace, love, rainbows. Bye.